Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're on episode 163. Uh, looks like Jay could not make it again this time, at least for right now. And Bait uh, has to run to do some EVE Online stuff. So it might be a little bit of a short show here, but let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Sarizel. I am uh, I'm Sarizel, and uh, I am a co-host here on this podcast, and I have yet to miss one. It's true. You you were late to that one, but you did show I was, up. I was so late. To you're one, good. But yeah, you're good. Uh, and you're still playing the the usual stuff, or what are you playing right now? <sighs> you know that that almost sounds like I find time to play games <laughs> these days, and that I, I it doesn't happen very often. All right, Bit, you're up, man. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, my name is Bait, and I still live in Seattle. Um, it's still raining uh, here, despite it being a week since the last podcast. Uh, which is very unfortunate. Um, rain is no fun. Uh, and as far as games, I I'm playing. I'm still playing Watch Dogs. I uh, really like that game. Really solid game. And right now, I'm sitting here in Eve. Very cool. Uh, how hot is it in Florida right now? It was 91 today. I didn't even look to Ooh. see what the humidity was. It, it, it's getting bad. But yeah. we're also starting to get into hurricane season too. So yeah, I mean the. The humidity absolutely kills you. I mean, it's been uh, 115 here in Arizona, but it's dry. So, you know, it's it's shitty, but it's not humid, which is way worse. So I feel <laughs> yeah. for you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I am Pokey Draven. I obviously help co-host the show here. I put a blog sometimes. Uh, and I am currently playing the Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood expansion. And I did give Killing Floor 2 a shot. We'll talk a bit about that one later. Pretty good game. But uh, for now, let's get going into some of our kind of movies and, and TV shows and stuff going on with that. So a few months ago, I think, maybe a few weeks ago, we talked about Marvel's Inhumans, which is uh, coming out on, I think, CBS, I believe. Uh, they got a new trailer. Um, so a little more actual details on this, one, not just a fancy title block. So uh, what were your guys' thoughts on this one? I don't know. We'll see. It's, you yeah. know, they're, they're, they're leaning heavily on the... The effects and the IMAX thing, you know, for the premiere, I don't know how much meat this will have to the story, but, um, you know, Marvel's been trying to push, kind of re replace the X-Men with uh, Inhumans for licensing reasons for a while. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's it's going to have a it's gonna <laughs> big shoes to fill if it's, you know, going to do anything. And if I recall, this is the one where they're doing like the first two episodes in IMAX and then they're premiering it on CBS like a couple weeks ABC. later. ABC, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is yeah, this is um bear in mind this is uh Disney, so it's it's ABC. Um but uh yeah, they're going to do a, a premiere in IMAX and then the rest of the show will be on ABC and I assume the first episode will be on ABC too, but it'll probably be better in IMAX. Um there's a little you know, CBS is similar with the Star Trek Discovery premiering on CBS TV and then going to a different platform after that. Got to get them with the hook, right? Yeah, so it looks like the the, the IMAX version, which I guess I believe is episode one and two, is going to be available on September 1st, but the series itself, and, and like you said, it's probably going to be you know starting again, it's episode one, uh, that's September 29th, and that's on the ABC network. So, you know, like you said, it looks like it's, it's relying pretty heavily on, you know, the, the special effects and that sort of thing. I think this is a pretty short series, too. Wasn't it just like eight episodes or something like that? Don't remember. Didn't do my I, research. Saw the pretty thing. Didn't, didn't, posted didn't the link the to the pretty thing on the show notes. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it looks like I'm, I'm seeing 
Oh, wait, that's the wrong one. Never mind. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. <laughs> I apologize. We didn't do the research on that one. But uh, yeah, so that's again September 1st if you want to go see it in IMAX or September 29th if you're going to be watching it on TV. I like all the YouTube comments for the for the trailer. Like, oh, dude, this is a really bad trailer. This is bad. This is going to be shit. So we'll see. Although one dude on YouTube kind of pointed it out. Ant-Man had a really weird trailer, if I remember correctly. It, it, I like that movie. I, I feel like a lot of people liked, uh, liked Ant-Man. So, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, even just the like count on YouTube is really uh, really skewed. It's like uh, uh, 60, 60 up and 30 down uh, in the thousands. So, that's a, it's a pretty heavy dislike count. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not the worst you've seen, but it's, it's not great. That's... Yeah, over 30% is, is pretty bad. And the trailer was nothing too impressive. I mean, it looked like a typical, you know, milk and toast, you know, superhero TV show. And uh, yeah, it is only eight episodes. So you can tell that they're not banking too heavily on this one, not doing a full, you know, a full season like you might expect. So, you know, we'll have to see on this one. I, I, I'm not particularly interested in it. This trailer doesn't really lend me to, to become interested in it. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. But, uh, yeah. I watch I watch all the comic positive. stuff, so I will probably let watch us, it. And let we'll us see. know. I mean, it's got 6 million views on the trailer, so people are at least looking at it, you know. So we'll have to see. Another one. This is, this is going to be the episode talking about movies and adaptations that look absolutely terrible. Um, Death Note. So Death Note is a... It originated as um, it was an anime that came out several years ago, um, a Japanese anime, uh, really, really quite popular. It did very well. Um, I watched it when it came out. I really enjoyed it. Um, the first season was really good. Second season was a little hit and miss, but overall, it was a really good experience. Uh, and because it was so popular, it did get uh, movie adaptations, live action movie adaptations in Japan. I believe there were two of them. Uh, they were terrible, in my opinion. They were just... Um, I don't tend to like the Japanese uh, adaptations of, of their anime. I think it's its usually... It's, it's very, usually tends to be pretty low budget. The quality is, of course, you know, indicative of the, of the how much money they're putting into it. And overall, it's just difficult to adapt um, a long-running series that, you know, is 26 episodes plus into uh, a movie format there's just too much material to handle things properly and you know this is the you, you see this a lot with a lot of you know movie adaptations of anime where they struggle to actually fit all of the content into the format of you know maybe a two three hour movie um, so the japanese attempted twice to make these films that were not good so netflix um has decided that they're gonna take a crack at it so um, Netflix is now producing a, uh, a live action version of Death Note. And um, as someone who is, knows the source material, it looks like they've deviated extremely far from what, um, you know, what the original was. And especially when they, they put up in, in big bold letters inspired by rather than you know, based on. Uh, I imagine that if you are very familiar with the source material, that it's going to be pretty disappointing because it's not going to be what you're expecting. It's probably very large overarching themes, but overall I think the story's going to be quite different. Um, now, I don't believe that either you have seen the original source material of Death Note. What were your thoughts when you saw this trailer? I thought it looked kind of interesting. I mean, to me, I, there's maybe an appeal to see what it is because I've obviously heard of the franchise, though I've seen nothing of it. But if it's, you know, if it's likely to disappoint, the fans of the ser series probably won't probably won't be worth my time either 
I, I think that this might be a case of kind of what we discussed with uh, Ghost in the Shell, right? And, and Jason actually kind of pointed out he, that he rewatched a lot of the source material before he went and saw it and kind of wished that he hadn't because it refreshed his memory to go, you know, wow, this is actually really different from what the original was. But I think overall, people who weren't as familiar with the source material who did see it thought it was a pretty solid flick. So, you know, this could be a case of it might be actually pretty good as long as you can set aside what you're expecting if you are familiar with it um the the themes behind it are are, are great you know it's it follows the story of this guy named light uh who finds a notebook dropped by a death god and when he writes someone's name in the notebook they will die and he can actually specify uh some of the conditions and how they die and so he starts killing off criminals basically saying i'm going to make the world better by just killing off all the criminals and there won't be any crime all the bad people will be dead and you know i'll basically be this you know this god that's you know raining down justice upon all the people that are, are you know doing bad things in society well he's still murdering people you know um with this this notebook uh and so you know the special investigation team is brought in to try to track him down it turns into this really interesting uh cat and mouse chase of trying to outsmart each other and you know determine you know who you know to prove you know we know he's the one doing it and him trying to protect himself and not give himself away it's, it's really a good idea it's a really interesting story um i just have concerns that if they deviate way away from some of the characters and how the characters are or how the plot you know kind of uh plays out plays that it'll out actually lose a lot of that magic but you know it's it's probably worth checking out anyways, um, especially if you're not familiar with it, because you, you very could well like it. Um, I'll probably still see it just because I am so familiar with it. And I, I got to know, you know, <laughs> did they do it right or not? Um, uh, but yeah, watching this trailer, it made me very uncomfortable with, with what I was seeing. Not knowing anything about the, about the source material, uh, material, I, I kind of hoping from what I've heard uh, from uh, Various people um, who are familiar with the source material, the, the, this doesn't seem to follow it. Uh, so hopefully, you know, seeing this will, uh, you know, kind of like what you said, get people to go back and want to see what the what the original anime is is, is about. Which obviously, is it, it is a good thing in my opinion. I think. Yeah, I, I think that if they can, for those who aren't familiar with it, if they can pull off a compelling story and you know. Even if it, it just follows those themes loosely and it's still enjoyable to watch, um, that's great. Uh, it's it's just difficult, you know, when you're very familiar with something that you, you feel strongly about to set aside that desire to want to see it replicated perfectly, you know. So I think that you might see a lot of negatives from, you know, the, the fans of this, but then the people that are, you know, maybe new to it, they might be good, it might be bad, who knows. And I mean, you look at the trailer uh, ratings, kind of like the, the up and down vote. It's got 32,000 up and 35,000 down. So, I mean, this one's even more skewed than the last, uh, the last one we talked about. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I think you'll please see a pretty negative reaction from a lot of the, the hardcore fans. But I, I do suggest you check it out because, like I said, the, the concepts of the story are actually really interesting. And, and I do hope they can at least capture some of that. And I, I have to laugh because um, – they, they was was showing me this link um, ahead of the show, and and we were kind of joking about it. And I was like, yeah, this is this is going to be terrible. And I said, next thing we know, we'll have you know someone announcing they're doing a Cowboy Bebop live action. And sure enough, Bate turns yeah. around, and hands me a link to, uh, hey, they're doing a Cowboy Bebop live action series. So, so. you know, <laughs> so you know, we'll we'll have to see on that one as well. 
Um, well, on, the, on that one, I think they had the, the let's see the writer for Thor Ragnarok attached to the project or something that's writing it. So maybe it'll be good. See, my thing with Cowboy Bebop, it's like the one anime that I've seen that I like. Uh, but like, man, can we just stop trying to I, I, do this kind of thing where we turn animation into live action? I tried watching Cowboy Bebop. I couldn't get into it. What the hell, though? You like Firefly. It's Firefly and with with less entertainment value. Yeah. Oh, so. I mean, similar setting, less entertaining. I just, uh, I it didn't it didn't catch me. I had a I had a uh, check out from the library for it, and I ended up like sitting on it for several days of overdue because I hadn't finished it and was gonna watch more of it, and then but I didn't really want to, so I just I just sent it back. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not going to be for everyone, but I, I will say that if you're not a fan of anime, Cowboy Bebop is actually a real, or if you're not familiar at least, Cowboy Bebop is an exceptionally good show to start with. Uh, yes. Very, very approachable. Um, the themes are easily understood. It's, it's, I think, very entertaining. It's not for everyone, but I think that it's, it's definitely more approachable for a lot of people. So if you're interested in getting into anime or, or want to try one out, if you're kind of, kind of unsure, um, Cowboy Bebop is is probably a very good starting point. I think for I think actually when Adult Swim first started, Adult Swim was the you know the the nighttime primetime version of Cartoon Network. Yeah, it was um, their first one. Yeah, it was their first anime they started showing was Cowboy Bebop. So it, it kind of goes to show that that's that's a good place to kind of start and give it a shot. So you know there's there's not a lot of information on the, the live action adaptation of that one, uh, but like like they said that the guy that Thor Ragnarok is involved and Studio Sunrise, which was the original producer for the, uh, the original anime, is also involved. Um, so that's that's a little more um, a little more reassuring that if, they, if the original guys are actually working on it hopefully it kind of sticks to it um the good thing about uh, cowboy bebop is i think that there's a lot of um, episodic parts of that could probably be cut out without losing the overall narrative so you could condense it to fit you know whatever format you want but uh you know that one's iffy you know i think all these adaptations are iffy i think the most successful one we've seen so far was obviously ghost in the shell uh which was decent you know it was, it was a pretty good one nothing nothing amazing but it didn't fail so you know, this could be another one. We'll see. Um, but uh, I'll be checking that one out as well and then try to kind of keep my, my eye on the Cowboy Bebop adaptation as well. And then there's another movie we got to talk about. Uh, if we have to. If we have to. We, have, we, to. we have to because I, it's, it's, I don't think it's genre. I, it's video game genre now. It's, it's been updated <laughs> for the new, new generation. Okay, so... Those of you out there who are old enough to remember, there's a little movie that came out featuring Robin Williams. Uh, I don't remember when it came out. It was a long time ago. But a, a little movie called Jumanji. And Jumanji we had a pretty simple premise that there's this board game that was cursed. And if you lost the board game, you would be sucked into the world of Jumanji, which was this jungle world that was full of killer animals and all this other stuff. And so these, these, the, the Rob Williams character gets sucked into the game, this board game, and he's in there for several years uh, and several years pass. And these two kids find the board game and they start playing it and weird stuff starts happening. Things start coming out of the game, you know, killer crocodiles, these piranhas and the Robin Williams character who's been trapped in this world who went, got sucked in as a child, but now he's a grown adult comes out and it, it follows the story of them trying to survive the game basically until they can complete the game and all that will go away. So 
it was actually a pretty good movie. I, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was it's a classic, you know, it's a pretty good flick. Apparently someone decided that they have to remake it. Um, but this time, as Zell said, it's no longer a board game. It's a bunch of high school kids who find an old dusty video game in the basement of their school, plug it in and get sucked into this video game of Jumanji. Except that when they get sucked in, they're no longer kids. Now they're other actors. So they're the um, characters. They're the characters that they selected in the video game. Right. Yeah. In other Which, words, the, you know, we had to sell the movie with, with Dwayne Johnson, basically. And, and Kevin right. Hart. And and you could you could see like the uh, the you know playing with stereotypes thing you know they make the nerdy kid you know the rock and the the you know ditzy hot girl becomes a middle aged white guy and the kind of shyer girl becomes the hot girl and the the you know that's the whole whole to do um, and I'm sure there's a lot of jokes with that whatever it looks, it looks awful it it, it really does. The the nerdy kid is so nerdy that he uses uh, uh, hand sanitizer as as aftershave. It, yeah. it, it's bad. Like yeah, I, I was cringing harder on this trailer than I did for the Ghostbusters remake, <laughs> and and that's something. Like that's like I, I feel like someone said, you know what? You know how bad the remake of Ghostbusters was. Let's try to one up that one. Let's remake Jumanji, <laughs> but basically ruin everything about it. Yeah. And you're you're really not going to be able to remake something Robin Williams is, was in, and and it be like as good as the original, much less better. Especially when it slips into, like you said, to all these typical tropes of you know, here's a nerdy guy is the Rock is is Dwayne Johnson, and you know, I hate Chris Rock. I'm sorry, <laughs> like he annoys the shit. Kevin Hart, isn't it? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Yeah, because uh, Kevin Hart is fucking funny. Oh God! I was just like, Chris, like Chris oh. Rock, not so much. Ke- Kevin um, Hart is funny. The Rock and Kevin Hart have done more than a like a few movies lately, haven't they? Yeah, they did. Um, what was the other uh, one? Central Intelligence. That one. Yes, yeah. they did that one. And were there any others? I, it just it seemed it it seemed like they've been in the same movies a lot lately. I don't know. Yeah, they're uh, the Rock is starting to suffer from the Michael Cera effect. He plays the one character for every single movie he's in. He does it moderately well, I would argue, but it's the same character. I mean, he did just roll out of Baywatch straight into Jumanji, so, you know, <laughs> like... Oh, yeah. shit, I forgot about Baywatch. Yeah, no, you... Is that there's, good? There's, there's, no, of course not. Okay, <laughs> it, looked, it looked terrible, and it was terrible. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't would, see it. Why, I didn't why see would it. your first question after, like, oh, I forgot about Baywatch, was it good? Why was know. that your first question? That should never be your first question. <laughs> I mean, it was it was meant to be a spoof movie, which is fine, but it was still just cringeworthy spoof movie, you know. Just okay. even the trailer was like, "Oh God, help us!" And then, and then this is this is worse. <laughs> this is so much this worse. So yeah, they're they're gonna ruin Jumanji for me. I'm just gonna pretend that this one isn't gonna happen. Um, I'm just gonna fondly remember the Robin Williams version, which was fantastic, really really well done at the time, and it just. Ugh, why? why? Why do we have to keep remaking everything and doing it badly? Just, just new ideas, people. Please, like, stop remake. Like, if you're doing like adaptations, like Ghost in the Shell, fine. That's that's moderately different. But you're literally just taking live action movie and making a shitty version of it again. Like, I, I don't understand why why we're so focused on rehashing the same ideas over and over again. I always get Jumanji mixed up with that. Um, what was that space one? Was it Zathara? 
very very similar. It concept. was very similar. Yeah, I never saw that. It was. Was it, was it, was it good? <laughs> it was. It was okay. I would say it wasn't as good as. It wasn't as good as the original Jumanji, but it was. It was solid. You know. Because it definitely sounded like a, a Jumanji knockoff. No, it, it was Jumanji in space. Um, Zathura, that's what it was called. Uh, Jumanji came out in 95. Um, wait, wait, did I see Zathura? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I feel like I might have. It, it certainly isn't something that I distinctly remember, though. Whatever. Let's move on. Let's just move on. I'm just looking to see who was in that. But yeah, that was the third. And yeah, that was, that was a very similar film. And that was, that was decent. That you know, was okay. Um, the SNES Classic, which we mentioned was rumored, is now officially announced. Um, it will come out in um, September, I think. That and they will, uh, they will sell it through the end of the year, upon which no one will have it yet, and no one will ever be able to get it. Uh, like with these, I I can't get excited anymore. Like the original, when they did the NES. I was like, dude, this is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I'll just you know I'll wait for things to die down, and then well I'll pick one up. You know, it's it's like all Nintendo hardware. You know, it's it's impossible to get for the first year, but then you get it later, and it's fine. And then they discontinued it. In this one, like you said, it's they're already it's gonna saying be... they're gonna they're they're gonna yeah. discontinue it as well as well. Um, and one of one of the things is like I could I could get into getting one of these that'd be exciting except for the fact that like I'd be like so I have the classic SNES but I don't have a classic NES and I can't get one you know so it, it almost feels like something you might collect if you could get them but you can't um it's gonna be eighty dollars so a little bit more expensive than the first one um some good titles in here though a link to the past is of course in there which is is kind of the big one Final Fantasy three uh star fox star fox 2 is actually a notable point because it was never released they this is going to be the first place you can get star fox 2 um i guess they finished it at some point here um uh first super mario kart it's got super mario world you know it, it's it's got uh 20 some odd games yeah i just like i don't i don't care at this point because i'm not going to get one so the, the fun is gone for me you know i don't know why I mean, like, all the intention was never to have, never to have, like, a lot of these out there. I'm like, oh, well, that's okay, I guess, but, like... Cool if you have one. Yeah. But, it's, like, it's... Eh, fuck over everybody else. Did they actually say that they're going to stop producing at the end of the year? Yes. So, wow. So, September 29th. So, how many, what, that's, basically, you have three months to get one, and they're going to be sold out in the first day. Yeah. Um, oh, that's it does they they said they do plan on making more SNES classics than NES classics but only uh, only until the end of the calendar year. But the thing is people will just hoard them then because they know that they can buy 20, you know, and then sell them on eBay for 8 times the price. Yeah, so, yeah this you, the you scalping know, is getting ridiculous. Um it's just yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a bit of a disappointment, but I guess if you are lucky enough to get your hands on one of them, I envy you because I, I know I won't. There's just there's no way. Um, I'm not. <laughs> I don't have the time to, to go hunting and, and and figure out how to actually get my hands on one. So that's that's unfortunate. But if you do get one, it looks pretty cool. Some pretty solid titles in there. Um, so yeah, there's that. Now moving along, uh, here's the storm. Got a new character. So I know getting getting a new character. Sorry. Uh, I don't know much about this this particular character. So do you want to elaborate a bit, Zell? We're getting super obscure here because I don't know anything about this character either. <laughs> um, 
you know, there is so the the funny thing is Heroes of the Storm is trying to, you know, they're they've got to compete with like League of Legends and having like fifty billion heroes available. Um, but of course all of Heroes of the Storm's characters are taken from Blizzard's other properties. So we're getting to increase increasingly obscure characters to meet uh, meet that goal. Um, and uh, this one I just thought was kind of cool. I don't I don't bring up on the show every new one. They they do have one every six weeks or so. Um, but this guy is like uh, his name is Stukov, and he's a uh, like deceased and then infested admiral. So he's like this half zergified dude, um, and he has like this neat arm that can like push you literally across the entire map. It's until it hits a wall. If it will send you to the other side of the map because there's nothing in the way. It will send you to the other side of the freaking map, um, which is kind of neat. Um, that's that's it. It was just a short little thing. I thought it, I thought he was cool. I watched the video. He infests people. It's cool. Yeah, I mean they they like you said they they if they're gonna keep up with their release schedule, these characters, which I, I I'll admit I'm always impressed with how they can keep pushing these out. It seems like they they do so you know in a, with with enough quality and, and balance to actually have people be satisfied with it so that's well, impressive well 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 hold on okay okay balance <laughs> okay okay no there's there's been a lot of complaints about uh the newer characters having an incredible amount of uh invincibility and mobility not seen in any of the older sets of characters and how that upsets people and and makes people sad um this character though surprisingly does not have an either of those things so um, it's their first character in several that doesn't have an invincibility ability or a uh, insane. Uh, I've decided to move out across the map at blazing speed, so it looks interesting. That's all. Do Do you think they're going to just start pulling heavily from Overwatch to keep filling their roster? Yes. Uh, people get angry at that. Um, really? I mean, yeah. There, there was like they had three Overwatch heroes in a row, and I there there were people that were like ready to riot over it. Um. So, you know, obviously Overwatch is a big place for them to draw from in the future because they've still got, like, some 16 or 17 heroes that they could bring in. Um, but then the other thing is, of course, World of Warcraft has uh, a purely ridiculous number of characters that people like me would recognize and nobody else would. Um, so, I, you know, if they if they really truly start to run out, they'll just hang more heavily on Warcraft again until, until they come up with another game or something. Um... I'm still my my holdout is I really want Millhouse Mana Storm in uh, in Heroes of the Storm and I don't know if I'll ever get it but that's who I want. Um, he's a gnome mage that's hilarious. That's it. Gnome. He's a gnome. That's cool. Have we talked about the uh, the remaster of the original StarCraft? Did we talk about that? Uh, we did talk about it, it and um, I believe they said it was the the 4K version because the the free the free rem- the free we patched the original game and it works again version uh that came out like a month or so ago and then the new 4k remaster of the original starcraft is supposed to be out like august yeah i think it's this summer so that's that's coming out as well i mean that's it's gonna be cheap too 15 bucks not bad for you know it's a remaster game so you know two decade old game yeah i mean (laughs) or it was yeah 98 so it was that game that game does not die you can't kill starcraft it'll be going on forever people still play diablo 2 i mean come on (laughs) you know and and actually i i really do wonder if they'll do a diablo 1 and 2 remaster at this point like if they're doing starcraft people still love diablo 1 and 2 um i i could see them going for that all righty so 
uh, kind of a double double feature here. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. We talked about this pretty in length when it came out. Um, obviously, a game with a lot of controversy built around it that is kind of an ongoing conversation for a while. Well, kind of a big bomb came out of the news the news reel uh, this last week that it has been confirmed that the single player uh, portion of Mass Effect will not be getting any DLC. Uh, there is going to be, you know, some some updates for the multiplayer version of the game, but the single player is not going to be expanded at any point. And this actually comes out of a uh, an article from Kotaku um, a few weeks back, basically talking about how after the Mass Effect and drama and all that fiasco, the uh, I think it's Montreal, the Montreal studio basically got gutted. Like they took it, like everyone out of there and just transferred them to other projects like Anthem and that sort of thing and left a very small team uh, at the studio to basically just kind of help the game limp along, uh, update, keep things, you know, keep the servers running, keep, you know, basic stuff running. Uh, If this sounds familiar, uh, you probably played Dust. But uh, yeah, so... Mass Effect is kind of dead in the water from the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean they they already had talked about the fact that they're they're really not plan you know they canceled plans for an Andromeda two, um you know they they've really kind of shelved the franchise at this point, which is unfortunate because I'm a big Mass Effect fan. Um, you know they'll, they'll it'll probably be one of those things that you know a decade down the road someone's looking for a game idea that they can you know since nobody does anything original and and you know a decade from now someone will pull out and dust off the old mass effect game design docs and be like oh, i bet we can ruin this franchise too <laughs> but uh yeah this is actually i um i missed out on like a month of kotaku articles as the case is um, and uh, there was th- this about a month ago. There was this uh, story behind Mass Effect Andromeda's troubled five years um, story, and it's done by this author, guy at Kotaku who's making a book on on story, you know, inside stories of game development and stuff. Um, and it's really long. I'll put it in the show notes. And it's really really interesting. Um, they they've had they had a lot of directorial shifts and stuff like that, and and. The big thing was that they wanted to refocus on uh, exploration because that was kind of the component that kind of was weak in the previous Mass Effect titles, but something they really wanted. And so, and apparently, before No Man's Sky came out on the record, this was this they were very much intending to do uh, procedurally generated planets, and they were gonna they were gonna procedurally generate all the things so you could go to you know three hundred bloody planets or something like that. How many planets? Um, uh, much less than 18 quintillion. Oh, okay. Thank God. I'm sorry. It's, it is less than 18 quintillion. It was never that high. But they started with a plan for like 300 planets, they ended, then it got pared down to 30, and then the end product had seven. <laughs> so, um, basically, you know, they, they, this project went on for five years, uh, but the bulk of the game was sh- basically thrown together in the last 18 months before release. Um, when they brought like one of the original guys from the original trilogy came in and and took over and and like re-steered the whole thing and they put a fairly you know run-of-the-mill mass effect experience together out of what they had um which which is i i feel like that's a a metaphor for a lot of games is you know a lot of game design projects start with hey we're gonna we're gonna be the best at this that's ever been done it's gonna be you know this game-changing standard-setting thing and then, uh, you know, a couple years later, business reality set in, somebody has to actually release a game, and then they take what they have, stitch a few things together, put a fairly m- mediocre story on it, and, and there it goes. 
Um, you know, we 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 definitely saw this with Dust and the notion that there were going to be you know thousands of procedurally generated maps, and we got like a handful. And um, then they just said that you know the fact that they threw different colors of uh, skin, like uh, ground textures and skyboxes on it meant there were different maps. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I think we'll see some, a lot of it with Star Citizen as well. Um, obviously, Star Citizen set some of the highest standards one could possibly set for a game. Um, and at some point, they will put out something that is a humdrum accomplishment of, of what they got done in the meantime. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was interesting. There was a lot of No Man's Sky type dreams with this game. And, uh, you know, obviously it came out very different. Um, it was just cool. Uh, the, the one thing that I thought was really interesting was they had a bit from a from a uh, developer about the engine um, because one of the biggest differences between Ma- the Mass Effect trilogy and the new game was they switched to the Frostbite engine, which um, EA has been pushing really heavily ever since Dice uh, released it. And uh, what they what he they said was that they said the Unreal Engine uh, was like an SUV, um, is capable of doing lots of things, but unable to go cr- at crazy high speeds. The Unity Engine would be a compact car, small, weak, and easy to fit any place you'd like. And that Frostbite was like a Formula One racer when it does something really well it, when it does something well it does it extremely well when it doesn't do something it really doesn't do something um apparently before starting mass effect frostbite did nothing relating to any sort of rpgs it couldn't do maps bigger than 100 by 100 kilometers uh it had no sophisticated item management of any kind conversation systems the animation system like the entire animation suite wasn't up to par for what they needed um and they actually had to do a heck of a lot of like hacking around this this engine and this is also for uh I guess this pertained to Dragon Age as well, uh, which which also got shoved over onto Frostbite, which is, and and I just thought that whole notion was was really interesting as well because again back to Star Citizen where they decided, hey, let's take uh, CryEngine, which is built for an FPS, we're gonna make a space combat game with it. So, yeah, just really interesting to see how this this story kind of paralleled multiple different games that uh, that you know we've followed and talked about. Yeah, I mean it's it's been an interesting run, and you know you you kind of wonder when these developers are going to kind of get through their heads that you know it's great to to think big and have these grandiose dreams of you know eighteen quintillion planets or you know whatever. This is just a, an example of it, but it doesn't work. You know, like it, it just we're not there yet where I think that we can actually develop on that level and, and actually have meaningful content. With, Whatever that may take, I think that we're just not there yet, and, and they keep getting burned for it. I mean, No Man's Sky got burned for it, Mass Effect got burned for it, um, you know, Destiny kind of got burned for it. They they promised a, a lot more than what we got, and it's like, are they going to keep trying this over until it finally you know clicks, or are they going to kind of dial it back? And They're going to try it more... until one of them succeeds. Yeah, well, let's see how many shitty games we get until that happens. You know, a lot. Yeah. So that, many more. That, that, that's why when I see games like Anthem, which is also a Bioware game, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a pretty tech demo, but it doesn't mean shit to me until I actually play it, you know? Because um, that 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 thing screams exactly what we're talking about, where it's like, yeah, it's got all this crazy stuff you can do, big open world. I'm just like, it's going to be the same shit we've always seen rehashed with a new pretty skin on it. Like, I, That map is going to be procedurally generated. 
You know, oh, yeah, I'm and sure. And they're going to yeah. announce it whenever they have, like officially announce like, well, a just, gameplay it's trailer. Just, it's the current trend. You know, if you remember, yeah. you know, for, for five or ten years after, uh, you know, World of Warcraft got going, everything had to be an MMO. It was make everything an MMO. It doesn't matter what it is. MMO it. <laughs> and And now it's open world shooter it. Yep, open world procedure yep. generated because we can't produce enough content to satisfy the players, so we're going to try to have a computer randomly make content for them. And it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work on the scale they're trying to do it on. What like, do you mean, Pokemon like, was a great game. Yeah. With lots of diversity. Over 18 quintillion planets. Every empty, single one of them that you could go visit. Empty diversity. In, in that with multiplayer. With, 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 <laughs> oh my god, that shit, that was the best shit ever. Like, no no one's gonna ever actually confirm there's no multiplayer. Within 24 hours, there was no multiplayer. Oh, it's like, oh, the shit. fucking internet, man. Oh shit. What, what are the chances of just two streamers happen, happening to be on the same planet at that exact moment within a day of the game launching and someone calling it out? Like, there's just... Oh, it's it's beautiful, uh, but yeah, no, this is this is a bad trend, and, and it's made me incredibly paranoid about games like that when they when they start using words like open world or procedurally generated, or you know, you can do anything you want with your friends, and choice is yours. You know, it, it it freaks me out. You know, even even Nova stuff kind of freaks me out sometimes with you know the whole oh you can do anything you want. I'm like oh good god oh god. Um, if it's at least when they're talking in the context of, you know, content, you know, actual playable content, if it's like fitting customization, whatever, that that's reasonable. I, I can, I can, um, I can trust that they'll make a decent system like that. But when you hear the whole, you know, thousands of hours of gameplay, cause it's procedurally generated. It's like, well, sure. But I'm going to be bored out of my mind that entire time. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me, but I, I hope they learn their lesson at some point, or as Zell said, they'll just keep trying until either we stop buying the games or they actually get something that works. Alrighty, so Bait, did you have to did you have to head off here or I yes, I did have to head off. Uh, I've gotta go shoot the Citadel and wreck some poor kids' dreams uh, in a wormhole. Uh, but before I go, I do want to shout out um the, the one Florida man article this week that has um made me so incredibly happy. Um, headline goes, uh, this is from, from my Sydney Jackson. Oh, uh, Florida man, uh, shoots self in crotch, uh, and blew his, uh, his cotton balls off. So basically what happens, Florida man has his gun in the seat of his car and he sits on it. Gun discharges. Dude has no more, uh, jewels. So shout out to Florida man. Um, who also probably will go to jail. No way your gun is, Previous possession charges. Yes, know where your gun is, guys. <laughs> There's actually there was a story I read that was really Florida man-ish, but was actually Minnesota. Um, I made fun of my Minnesota my Minnesotan friend with it. Um, but uh, there's a, there's a woman who's being charged with manslaughter because. Um, uh, it, her and her boyfriend like to make uh, YouTube videos. You know. Oh and, God, and, I saw that. <laughs> and, and so. What what they wanted was he wanted to film uh, him getting shot with uh, like him blocking a bullet with a book. So he holds a he holds a book up against his chest and has his girlfriend shoot him. And understandably, he died from a shot to the chest. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shout out to all the Florida men and. Uh, even, even if they don't, Florida men. He, he may not have lived in Florida, 
But he was a Florida man he, at heart. He, he, he was Florida lives within him. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, well, I'm off, guys. Thank you. All right, you have a good one, Bate. Yeah, you too. Take care, everyone. Alrighty, so a uh, couple of small things before we kind of bring some for close. Like I said, it's going to be a bit of a short show. Um, however, uh, it is my turn this week to do the review for one of the free PSN titles if you are a PS Plus member. So what I gave a shot was a little game called Killing Floor 2. And this is basically a, uh, a co-op zombie survival uh, style game. So it's kind of like a wave survival. You go in with friends, um, different classes, and you basically try to last as long as you can uh, through various waves of zombies, different types of zombies, bosses, that sort of thing. And so I, I kind of expected pretty pretty average um, when I went in there. And I was actually uh, pretty pretty well surprised. Uh, it, was, it was actually much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, visually pretty standard. Um, maybe maybe a little subpar for for what you see on on most PS4 games, but it was it was decent. Um, gameplay uh, pretty good uh, for console shooter. Uh, the controls felt pretty solid. Um, you know, it, it moved well for for what it was. I mean, it was no it was no you know Battlefield or Doom level of, of gunplay, but it felt pretty pretty acceptable. Um, the classes were, were pretty interesting. Ten different classes, so you got lots to choose from. They kind of have this uh, preset loadout they start with, right? So you got like a gun, um, usually like a tool, uh, a grenade, and like a melee weapon. And as you go through the waves, you collect cash, which you can then, in between waves, spend on upgrades for, for your class. So, you know, like for uh, the support guy I was playing with. He specializes in shotguns and welding door shuts. You can kind of block off uh, pathways as zombies are coming through. And so, like, you start with, like, a standard, like, you know, 12 gauge shotgun, and then it upgrades to, like, a big double-barrel shotgun, and then finally you have, like, an AA-12 full-auto shotgun. So you kind of have that progression you can go through. Uh, you can upgrade your sidearms, um, you know, that sort of thing. And and it, it plays it plays pretty well. I, I felt like the the pacing of going through it was was pretty good. Um, you can kind of select how long you want it to go. There's like a four, seven, and a ten wave version of all the game modes with varying difficulties, up to six players. Uh, the co-op worked actually pretty well. Uh, I did not do a full team of six. I just pulled my brother in, and we did like uh, some, some just two-person uh, like on some like short four-wave missions. And uh, it was it was interesting. I actually felt like it mattered what your teammates picked. Like for example, he had. Um, like a flame, like I think it was called Firebug was the class, and he basically has this cock gun full of uh, flammable fluid, and it's like a flamethrower, right? Uh, but the downside is, is that it has a really small magazine, so he's reloading constantly. Um, and I picked the Gunslinger, which had these like two revolvers, right? But also really long reload animation because you have to reload the gun separately. And it became a problem because there'd be moments where neither of us could be shooting, so we're just getting absolutely, you know, tackled by zombies. And it was, it was, um, it made us think, you know, okay, if you're going to go with this, I'll go with this. So while you're reloading, I have, you know, enough sustained damage to kind of keep us alive, and then you can heal me. And you know, it actually worked out pretty well. I could see on a lot of like the higher difficulty modes with, you know, the, the longer. Uh, the longer matches that if you had a full six people, uh, it stuff gets pretty damn crazy. Like um, the number of zombies on screen can be pretty intense, and getting cornered is is really really bad. So you got to play smart. You got to rely on your teammates to kind of cover you while you're reloading, while you're picking up supplies, that sort of thing. So the, the co-op gameplay I could see was 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 pretty solid. I think it'd be even more fun um, with with a full team of six. And there is matchmaking, so you don't have to have you know five friends. You can actually just get matchmaking with people if you want, or you can just do an invite only, which is what we did. Uh, 
I will say the single player experience not nearly as fun. Um, I was I only played for a couple hours alone before I, I finally switched over to co-op, but I couldn't actually finish a four four wave mission on my own. The boss kept absolutely creaming me at the end. Uh, just the game wasn't really designed, I think, for for a single player game. It'll let you do it, but it's just it doesn't seem like that's that's the kind of gameplay experience you'd want to have. So I will advise you to go and do the uh, co-op only, and probably avoid the single player unless you're just trying to learn the ropes. Uh, it actually does have a persistent progression system. So while you do upgrade to different guns within the uh, within you know the, the match itself, uh, you do earn experience by playing with each of the classes, and you're actually rewarded by doing basically what the class is supposed to be doing. So like for example, the support that I was playing, uh, they basically get experience points for using support weapons, which are basically shotguns or for doing uh, the support role, which is welding doors shut. So if you're welding a lot of doors, you get lots of experience. Um, but if you're trying to do something else that's outside the role you're supposed to be doing, you aren't going to get much experience for that. So really you want to focus on what you're supposed to be doing and pick the class for for that role. And so as you level up, you get um, bonuses that make sense for the role. So like you know, bonus to shotgun damage, uh, bonus to like welding speed for the support class I was playing. And then every five levels up to 25, you get a skill. And the skill is kind of a choice between one of two things where it's like, do you want a bigger magazine or do you want faster reload speed? So it's kind of you get to pick and choose, you know, how you want to customize the character for each match. Uh, and then you get the passive bonuses that you've earned just by leveling up each class, you know, throughout the whole thing. Um, it does have microtransactions, uh, unfortunately. Um, it's kind of the loot crate style thing, which I'm not a huge fan of, where you have to get the loot, key, loot crate to drop. Uh, and then you can purchase a key to unlock the crate for 250 out of the PSN store. So it's a little steep. Um, it's still kind of a crapshoot of what you get. It's like, here's a list of things you can get or, you know, a special mega ultra epic thing that might drop out of it. But overall, um, it was quite limited in the stuff you could just buy outright. A lot of the stuff is locked behind this uh, loot crate mechanic. So if you're not a fan of that, um, you might want to stay away from some of the monetization options they have. Uh, overall, pretty solid. Music was good. Um, pretty above average. It's it's not the kind of game I'd sit down and play nonstop for you know weeks on end. But you know if I have a couple hours just to burn and I don't want to get involved in something that's more involved, like you know an MMO or, or something like that, it is good to kind of hop in and just you know play a couple rounds with a few friends um, and just burn some time. So. Overall, pretty pretty decent. I'd say probably a, a good seven out of ten. You know, five being average. So, you know, worth a shot if you get it for free. Um, if you were planning on purchasing it, I believe it's forty dollars on PSN. Uh, not sure if I'd pay the full forty bucks for it, just because I don't think I'd play it that much. But like I said, it's a good time waster if you got an hour here or there. So, uh, definitely worth picking up if you like zombie survival games. Uh, for free, or if you want to pick it up because you can play it enough, uh, do that as well. So I'll give this uh, above average, and uh, I think it's probably worth your worth your time if you are interested in that style of game. Uh, as for the upcoming games that are going to be free for Xbox Gold members and PS Plus members, I'll go over the Xbox One first. Uh, so Xbox One, uh, the first to the fifteenth, you get the game Grow Up. And then the sixteenth through August fifteenth is the game Runbow. R-U-N-B-O-W. Uh, for the Xbox 360, there's Kanan Lynch 2 for the 1st through the 15th, and Lego Pirates of the Caribbean on the 16th through the 31st. If you are a PlayStation Plus member for PlayStation 4 for the month of July, we'll have Until Dawn and Game of Thrones. 
uh, for PlayStation 3, you've got Tokyo Jungle, which is actually a, a pretty pretty interesting game. Um, it's uh, the idea is that you're a survival game in Tokyo in this, this you know post-apocalyptic city, but you're playing as different kinds of animals. So you know it goes from like mice to house cats to tigers to wolves. You know it's all over the place. Uh, each has their own uh, unique abilities and that sort of thing. Uh, really kind of unique game that was on the PlayStation 3. I think I played that shit five years ago it was a long time but that one's actually pretty fun to pick up if you do still have a ps3 that can play it uh also on playstation 3 is dark stalkers resurrection and on playstation vita is elemental and don't die mr robot that one's also crossed by for ps4 so that one should function on your ps4 and ps vita if you do the don't die mr robot so do do you know anybody who has a ps vita and plays it i have a ps vita do you play it I play PSP games on it because <laughs> that's the only play- that's the only games you have are, are PSP games. No one makes games for the Vita. Okay. It is a good it is a good emulator for PSP games though. But yeah, I don't play it a lot um, just because I don't, I don't for the same reason you don't play uh, mobile a lot. You you're, whenever you go somewhere you're driving, so that's usually when I would play mobile games. But uh, when I do play the Vita, um, there are a few things I like to enjoy on it. So it's not totally lost. Um, I never got my Dust Five One Four app on it but you know we had dreams back then right yeah yeah those dreams admittedly that would have been a really really useful app if it ever worked but or ever actually came out that is but uh you know yeah no i i i do regret purchasing the vita it's a solid console but no one will produce games for it so you're really limited in in what you can get for it so it's unfortunate but uh if it if they did make games for it it would have been really good because it is it is a nice little device well, everyone's probably going to need to make their own uh, clone of the Switch coming up in the next generation here. So, you uh, know, that yeah. desktop grade console that you can uh, you could take in the car. I'm sure I'm sure everyone will have a new a new version of a mobile console uh, next time around. Well, and you you kind of had it. They tried it with the Vita and the whole remote play, um, which actually did work. Um, it was it was pretty cool. Where you could have your PS4 playing a game and streaming you PS3. Know, visuals. P- PS3. Uh, streaming to the the Vita, and it would actually work pretty well. Um, but uh, again, you know, it was it was so limited when you could actually do that, unless you had you know an actual data connection. So I mean, you'd have to be somewhere remote with Wi-Fi with a good enough connection and have your PS uh, PS3 ready to go. You know, and did games have to be? Did games specifically have to be set up to do that? Um, I don't think so i think some were optimized better where the controls would work could, properly could you, could you have played dust on it in theory in theory and i'm pretty sure actually it did work on ps4 now that i think about it so i think I, I tried playing destiny um on my vita remotely and it did work but again there was a slight delay so for competitive stuff you wouldn't really want to do it i mean it was it was a small enough delay that you could get away with playing like a single player game on it but i wouldn't want to have anything where reflexes are actually important you know but yeah one of those little devices that never really took off but tried so very hard like the playstation move you know it it, it found its hey, place the with playstation with the, fa- move found new life in the in the psv seriously though seriously though like i i wish they'd come up with a better a better hand controller for psvr but at the same time i'm thinking like if you own move and you were as you know uh, disenchanted with how little it got utilized and someone goes buy our headset and you can have the hand controllers and you, you'll give purpose to those things you've got sitting in your drawer collecting dust people probably were pretty happy about that like if i had decided to pick up a a, a 
PSVR headset, like I've been like, hell yeah. Like I actually have and, a purpose for these things now. And then they'll have their souls crushed again when they come out with a replacement for it for the for the PSVR. I, of course. I actually I heard that uh, Valve has some new types of controllers they're playing with, and so I suspect my Vive controllers will only be uh, only be good for so much longer. So. Well, I imagine they'll still work. It's just you know they won't, won't be, be the, the new the it new won't hotness, be the best right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and speaking of Valve controllers, I actually did decide to pick up the Steam controller. Um, when the sale because it was on sale for 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 uh, fifty dollars off, so I picked it up and actually Amazon had it for uh, for the same price, so I got the the one day shipping on that, so that was nice. Um, but playing around with it a little bit, I'm gonna need more time to actually properly review it. It is weird, like it is very very strange experience, um, just because it's not like anything you've ever actually experienced with a, with a controller before, a gamepad before. Um, with the touchpads and how it, it gives feedback. And I, I'll give me a week to actually give it a shot. I want to test out a few different games and actually do a proper review on it. Um, it seems promising. I'm not sure if I'd use it for every game, but I think once you get the settings actually locked down for each game, uh, it will probably work out pretty well. One thing I did discover that's really actually kind of badass on Steam is that if the game doesn't naturally um, support uh, the Steam controller, like Paladins, I was playing trying Paladins, uh, it doesn't it doesn't have settings developed by the by the developer for the gamepad. However, uh, the Steam community can actually post presets for the, the Steam controller, and you can just upload them and just and just use them. So someone's already done the work for you, where they go here. Here's the, the settings that, that I, I like. Here's the key bindings. Um, adjust this to your liking. Um, and that actually helped a lot. So that's that's a kind of a cool feature that I liked. I didn't know that they had that. But uh, yeah, give me a week to kind of do a proper review on the Steam controller. But it's I'm looking forward to it. It's it's very unique, and I think it could be interesting. So we'll, we'll get back to you next week on that one. Uh, same deal with Subnautica. That was the one that was gifted to me last week. I uh, did not get a chance to do a proper review on it, so I do want to give that you know its its personal attention. I might actually do that one um, next week. I know Bates got his Xbox game next week. I'll probably do my review of Subnautica as well. So we'll we'll get those to you. Um, just give me a I little should, more time to get that sorted out. I should probably take a look at that before uh, before you do because that's uh, they support VR for that, so I could try it on the Vive. Oh, the. Uh, Subnautica. Yes, that is VR VR enabled. So I will. I'll let you know what I think about it. Um, Ripley's Ripley Riley is really a big fan of it. He's the one that actually gifted it. So um, yeah, worth worth looking at from the sounds of it. But I can't I can't comment on it enough. Yet, I'd be so. afraid. I'd be afraid to accept gifts from Ripley. You never know where it's been. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys. I think I think we milked this one enough. Um, I apologize for the short episode. Let's do some quick shout outs uh, before we, we close this one up. So you're up, uh, Sal. Shout outs? Yeah, um, my shout out is to uh, a guy by the name of uh, Mike, Michael Nive, Nyquist. I, I'm not, I'm going to butcher it. I'm sorry. Um, Michael Nyquist, uh, he passed away at the age of 56. And um, uh, you may not recognize the name, but uh, he is uh, Vigo from uh, the first John Wick movie. Um, he, he was kind of the, the villain's dad. Um, and, uh, it's just, you know, he's, he's the source of that, uh, beautiful speech about, uh, you know, the, the man that, uh, you send to, uh, kill the boogeyman and, uh, you know, that he once, once killed, uh, three men with a pencil. It's just, 
um you know it's 56 is pretty young and and or at least you know comparatively and it's you know is a great performance and so uh rest in peace Alrighty, um, and Smash Shot's probably going to actually go to my coworkers. We had a big deadline that we had to meet. Um, absolutely absurd amount of work that we had to get done. We were working long weekends. I think this is the first weekend I've had in a while. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we all worked really hard, and we got our deadline, so we got that all done, and it was just a, a really badass team effort. So shout out to those guys. They obviously don't listen to the show. Um, at least I don't think they do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so big appreciation of that. Well, you know, Michael Nyquist doesn't listen to the show either. So. That's, that's true. That is true. Well, doesn't, okay. I'm not going there, but, um, uh, but yeah, so shout out to those guys. But yeah, like I said, we'll get back next week with some more reviews. Um, I didn't get a chance to review everything I wanted to this week, but, uh, you know, we'll get back to you on that and, uh, hopefully uh, a bit more to talk about next week. It was a little, a little dry this week. I was, I was digging around and we couldn't find much. I do apologize for the short episode, but, uh, you know, again, if there's anything you want us to discuss, if you want to be on the show, uh, do let us know. Um, you don't have to be a, a radio personality. God knows we are not. So don't be afraid to, you know, throw your, your, your name in the hat. But uh, all that information is available on biomass.net or biomass.com. Just do the contact contact us section and we will get back to you. But yeah, so everyone, please have a safe 4th of July weekend. Don't blow your hand off. It makes gaming really difficult. So be safe out there and have a great night.